Welcome to The Beat from the True Wellness Center. I'm your host, Kelly Kennedy. And The Beats is truly from my heart to yours to help you empower and inspire you to learn how the body actually does work. I am bringing you my friends, my colleagues, the most incredible minds from around the world that I have been able to learn from. And I wanna share them all with you. So that's what The Beats is really about is teaching people what I've been able to learn about how the body works and trying to give that to you in a very simple and practical way to give you things to change your life because you got this. This is all about you and having the ability to heal your own body from within. And that's really my message is from my heart to yours. Welcome to the beats. Welcome to learning how your body works and welcome to opening your heart. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your time and your attention as we focus in on this week's episode of The Beats. So welcome back to The Beats with Kelly Kennedy. And today I have a new friend, a guest, uh, Emily Bessner, Bessemer, Bessemer. Bessemer, Bessemer. you know, I I know it was Emily. I didn't really know her last name until I looked at it. So Bessemer, but she uh, runs Embodied and is an amazing practitioner in New Jersey, who we're going to talk deeply today about some of my favorite subjects, structure and function, talk about pelvic floor, talk about stress and traumas. And I know Emily through Sarah, who, if you come to our center here at the True Wellness, um, you will meet Sarah and her wonderful hands and her wonderful heart as she leads you back to self, as well as Katie, Sunshine Katie, you might know her as from our podcast when we talked about Yonis and she's part of our retreats that I do with Dr. Schaffner and Sarah and a few others. So Emily, thank you so much for your time today and joining the Beats and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And you are a licensed physical therapist, right? Yes. So by trade, I am a physical therapist. I'm board certified and have my doctorate in PT. And then I have certifications in lymphatic drainage and pelvic floor therapy. Oh, that's like, I get chills just listening to it because physical therapists are the ones that are trained mm-hmm. in lymph more than any other discipline. I mean, massage therapists get about a minute of it and not all physical therapists. I mean, they get a little minute of it, but then they can dive down that road. And so I got to know your story. How'd you get to, did you always want to be a physical therapist? What, how did you get to where you are, Emily? So my story is so funny. Um, I knew I wanted to be in medicine. I knew I wanted to be in health. I wanted to do holistics, but I didn't want to prescribe medication. And I just happened to be at the phase of college where I was like, what do I do? now. And I applied to one school and I got in, which was, is a complicated process in PT world. Like it doesn't happen that way, but I was like, I'm going to just dabble. So I put applications in various types of colleges and I happened to get into PT school and then I get there and I'm the only PT who is non-competitive, does not do sports, has never played a sport in her whole life. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm here now. So we're going to just hang on to this idea. I um, had been practicing Reiki prior. So I do a lot of energy work. And that was just like where I kind of fit in. They happened to be doing a study at the school I was at with energy work. So I just kind of dove into that topic. And then as school went on, we get at the end of our time in school, you get one day of like each of these quote unquote special topics. So there was a day of women's health, there was a day of lymphatics, there was a day of cancer care. And that's finally where I was like, oh, this is why I'm here now. I understand. So from that point, um, you can decide whether or not you want to continue taking more courses. Because the only way to really practice in that part is to continue your studies. So I dove right into women's health first because I had a personal history with pelvic pain and bladder dysfunctions and UTIs. And um, I took my first class. And since then, knock on wood, I personally have had no pain. And I was, this was what I was supposed to do with the rest of my life. And then lymphatics melded its way in there because it always does. And here we are. I'm so grateful and blessed for all of the things that occurred to get me to this point. 
Thank oh, you. That's awesome. And mm -hmm. so you started your own practice right away. You never worked in a clinic so, or anything. I worked at a hospital system, a small community-based hospital that um, did not have a pelvic floor program really primarily at that time. And I knew that they needed one. So I helped them develop and grow this program. And then um, just the insurance driven world got to be a lot and the demands of just being in a hospital system were really challenging. So then I decided I wanted to do more energy work and integrate more of the things that I love all together. And that's how I opened Embodied. Yeah. Well, I, I want to take a step back because not everybody that listens in our community understands what pelvic floor <sighs> syndrome is, pelvic floor pain. And I really, I have no idea what the statistics are. And I, when I got into this industry, chronic illness, chronic pain, I didn't have pelvic floor pain. Yeah. I had ovarian cysts, mm -hmm. but I didn't have what I would call pelvic floor pain. And I didn't know what that was until I remember the first client that came in and said, oh, I have pelvic floor. I forget what the yeah. syndrome is or disorder or something. And mm -hmm. I was like, what the heck's that? And mm -hmm. I looked it up and then I started to research. I was like, holy cow, this plagues way more people than I would expect. So many people, more than, than they even realize, because a lot of the, a lot of the symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction get misdiagnosed as chronic UTIs. So then they think that they're taking these antibiotics and they're going to make it, it's just a whole vicious cycle. So the pelvic floor is the group of muscles that sits at the base of our spine. So they're what you're actually sitting on. Um, for women who've given birth or have been pregnant, you're very aware of it because where they have any tearing or episiotomies can be right at that point in the middle of between the vagina and the anus. Um, but that muscle group is responsible for supporting all of our organs. They're also where all of the nerves and lymphatic vessels pass through on our way to the legs. So the inguinal lymph nodes, everything that's in that pelvic bowl can be affected by these muscle systems that sit there. Um, and some diagnoses that get thrown around, which I was watching, <laughs> I was rewatching Sex in the City because they put the new season out. Um, and in the old episode, Charlotte has something called vulvodynia. And that is a pelvic floor dysfunction, um, which is a muscle pain or pain with insertion during intercourse, pain during periods, endometriosis, all kind of fall into that muscle group between your sit bones. Mm -hmm. So I, I have to grab a book. I've never done this before, but I have a vision and, and I want to share this with the audience because I think it'll help them. Please do. Um, <laughs> and it shows the nerve plexus that's down. Oh, yeah. I think that most people don't realize Mm -hmm. much like we're going to talk about the jaw, that there's the nerves is how we communicate. Well, the nerves communicate through light, back mm -hmm. it up and stuff, but the nerves is the communication factor throughout the whole body. And I, I, I don't think people, now this is showing a female anatomy, but yes, have the same nerve plexus. They just don't have mm -hmm. the overs, but this yeah. is the nerve plexus and there's musculature around there. Mm -hmm. But these nerves, like they extend all the way down your legs and all the way up into your abdomen. Yeah. So when you have a tear in a muscle or something, like she said, with episiotomy, or you have a hernia scar, or you have anything that could contribute emotion stuff. And we're going to get into that. But I want you to understand that essentially, if it's below your rib cage down, mm -hmm. consider pelvic floor. Yeah, because the the nerve bundles in here, if they get disrupted, if they get fascia tensions or lymphatic, it can literally affect anything. Mm -hmm. A large component of pelvic floor treatment is visceral work, like a organ mobility, making sure the organs move properly, doing visceral type techniques, because it does all sit on that same part. So chronic constipation, anything where you're getting really stuck or stiff in the abdominal wall can absolutely affect the muscles. I'm going to step away too, because I have a model that I think might help. So I was like, wait, I'm, so she said, wait, hold on. We're, we're both body workers at the heart. So we're all about vision and seeing it and getting you guys to visualize this because remember the placebo works and knowing what we know and helping to see proper like what's the template that it, it's ideal we can go back to that faster yeah and i find that just having proper education is sometimes all people need to feel better there's been a major part of why i practice on my own is because i don't 
believe that people need as many treatment sessions as sometimes they're required by certain systems to do. Sometimes all you need is to learn about what's going on and then you know how to help yourself feel better. It's all about being independent in the long run. But so this is your pelvis. So this is a female anatomy. I know, so fun. This is the female anatomy. So FYI, men do have a pelvic floor as well. There was an episode of Dr. Oz where he said they don't. That's not true. We're just gonna, we're gonna skip right over that. So if there's something where you think that you don't have one, you're wrong. Everyone does. Um, but the muscles of the pelvic floor make up three layers. So the first layer is everything that you see. So it's like all these muscles here and you'll see it's, urethra, vagina, anus, for men, the testicles and penis would be here. And then this is the perennial body that we were just talking about. When you remove this layer. So say that word again, slower for people that are in anatomy, perineum. Perineum or perennial body is this muscle. And if you do Joe Dispenza's work, you're very familiar with your perineum because he talks about it all the time because that's where your base chakra is or your base energy center, depending. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be into religion here. So go ahead all the things. So now if you remove this layer directly underneath are sphincters that close off the urethra, vagina and vagina and anus. And a sphincter is a round musculature that closes and opens, closes and opens and dilates. And then the third deepest layer is the one that people are most familiar with when they talk about doing pelvic floor contractions. That's where you feel the muscle move a lot more. And that's this deeper aspect. And when we turn the pelvis over, you'll see inside the tailbone and the sacrum, which is the lowest part of your spine, actually live in these muscles. So anyone that has like chronic tailbone pain, tight, like deep in, like deep hip pain. This is the inside of your hip. Is that your quadratus lumbar down there? So your quadratus lumbar goes this way, like in inside, but these are, this is your coccygeus muscle. Okay. And then this is your obturator internus muscle, which fun fact is the opposite side of your piriformis. So everyone has like, if you've ever had sciatica, they make you like foam roll your tushy a little, or they'll poke like a very tight spot in your muscles of your, of your butt basically. But your piriformis goes this way. This is the opposite side of that piriformis muscle. So if you're finding that you're still having tenderness and tightness, sometimes it's underneath that needs to be released as well. And the psoas would attach. The psoas attaches right here. Okay. Yeah. That's great. I bet that is an awesome model to be able to see it from that perspective. And like get to really like, okay, where are we? Low back. That's amazing. I mean, to really look at the coccyx. So I'm thinking anybody who's fallen, like you said, pregnant women, anybody with chronic low back pain, it's possible that that bone is not sitting in those musculatures totally. properly. And like even chronic constipation. So if right. you're someone who's chronically constipated and you've been doing all of the things, your stool consistency seems to be getting normalized, something else is going on. Sometimes it's because that tailbone's just pulled pulled forward and that it can restrict the flow of relieving yourself. Right, wow. So, so let's go back through some of the diagnoses misdiagnoses, misdiagnoses, because as a physical therapist, you can diagnose, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So I can use that word. So um, give us a, an example or a list rather of what, you know, because a lot of people end up at our center because they've been everywhere, try everything else, and mm-hmm. they might have blood work that looks great, or they might have a diagnosis that makes no sense to them. And then they come in, we do visceral work, somatic mm-hmm. work, and they're like, okay, how'd that go away? Well, it's, the diagnosis is a group of symptoms, but what group of symptoms would they label called the diagnosis? Yeah. <laughs> Often misdiagnosed, which is really pelvic floor misalignment mm-hmm. or pelvic floor pain that's from a misalignment. Give us yeah. a list of that if you would again. Yeah. So there's a variety of ones. If it has to do with your bladder, those ones are normally called interstitial cystitis. That one gets misdiagnosed or just thrown around all the time. For men, that's often diagnosed as chronic prostatitis. So chronic prostatitis has similar symptoms of like a chronic urinary tract infection that does not go away with 
regular antibiotic use. Um, those are probably the two bladder specific ones. And then when it comes to painful intercourse or pain with any sort of insertion, those would be called dyspareunia, which is just means painful intercourse, vulvodynia, or vestibulitis, vestibulite, vestibulodynia, one of those. I'm like, as I'm saying it, I'm like, it doesn't feel right coming out of my mouth, but something like that. <laughs> and symptom wise, it would be mm -hmm. pain on urination. Pain on pain urination. Yeah. Pain on insertion of mm -hmm. either sex organs or toys. Um, mm -hmm. Often um, pain with periods and even inserting like tampons, that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Endometriosis is another big one where people will have what is adhesions in the belly that with visceral work does feel often feel better. Um, but the other symptom that people don't realize are chronic low back pain, chronic hip pain, Pain with tight clothing is another one where they feel like I just can't wear this. It feels too tight. Um, that like bloating feeling that you just like can't get that stiff feeling from your belly to ever go away. Those kind of symptoms are all also like commonly like, oh, it must be a GI condition. <laughs> but then you're like, oh, wait. <laughs> so talk to us about adhesions. Yeah. Adhesions are, um, they're, they're like scar formation within the belly. They sit within the fascial linings often, and they can come from a variety of sources. So for women, it can be endometriosis, where there's a backward flow of the menstrual, um, the tissue from the uterine lining. Um, it can also be from abdominal surgeries, injuries to the, the abdominal wall of any kind can also leave adhesions. Um, and those adhesions can not only, like they will not only restrict the fascia and the muscle, but they also impede lymphatic nerve and blood flow. And when we have restricted nerve, blood flow and lymph, it causes pain, it causes difficulty with function of organs, it can just make things feel really funky. So I want to give people a visual. And if you haven't watched the first speech on YouTube by Gil Headley, please go watch it. We'll have another link. We can't like, because it's owned by YouTube and Gil Headley, we can't like embed it, but there's a link down here. Once again, it's on our website, watch that to get a visual. Um, but the way I think of adhesions and the way I think of like the people think that the bones are what determine our mm. Can, can you talk, you know where I'm going. So mm -hmm. go ahead, Emily, take it away, sister. So, so people think that the bones are where our like movement patterns drive from, like that that is how you are structured and that is what holds up your structure and that that is what creates you. But the reality is, is that the fascia and like the structures within your fascial lining create who you are and how you move through space. And when that is impeded, those light, the light that moves through your nervous system can't flow the way that it's supposed to flow. And the movement patterns of who, how things function within your body can't progress forward the way that they're supposed to move, how they're supposed to function, contract, relax, and get throughout the world. And fascia is certainly not, I don't want you to get, have a misconception that fascia is just these straight lines that go in no. one direction. Yeah. They're, they're like, I think the analogy I use the most often, which is kind of weird, but it's taffy. Like if you have cold taffy, it's really hard and stiff and rigid. And then as you start to soften it, it kind of like separates out and then you can see the strings, but they kind of go in multi-directions. Mm -hmm. from a fascia perspective. So if you think about cellophane, if you look at it under the microscope, for instance, it's all these lines, but it, it they weave in and out and there's flow, there's, there's no restriction. Whereas an adhesion, a scar, internal or external is gonna now cause a, a bump in that um, taffy and a dam. So that flow, blood flow, energy, light cannot move. And we, you know, I kind of did that in the backwards direction, but, and I, and that is such a great, I love that you're like, that creates our structure. I want people to understand that, you know, we go to chiropractors, which I think is 
you need to mm-hmm. do that. You make sure you don't have subluxations, but we got to stop thinking about the bones and the skeleton as giving our shape and size. It's the fascia. Mm-hmm. And I, I think so many people don't know what fascia is much like they don't know what lymph is. So yeah. any other explanation on fascia you got, bring I- it up like to use the analogy of a spider web too, because if you look at a spider web, it's got this beautiful pattern and it's wide and it spreads out and it anchors to points. But then when it catches something like a fly or something gets tangled in it, it starts to knot up and then it doesn't have that same pattern and form. So some of the techniques that we do help to realign and get that spider web to now no longer pull in and get that twisty kind of stuck look. And then it makes it function and move. And a spider can walk through a spider web, but if it's all tangled, there's nothing to walk through. It's an awesome analogy because it's all about sacred geometry. And mm-hmm. if you think about um, mm. snowflakes, yeah. much like a spider web, right? It's got perfect symmetry that you're like, who's the architect there? It's a good question to land on you. Who's the architect of all this? Um, Because there's perfect symmetry in nature. I'm wearing a pine cone today. I haven't worn this in ages. I wore it the other day and then I put it on today because pine cone is the Fibonacci series. It shows you perfect symmetry, symmetry and it's throughout all of nature. And our fascia is like that. And when she's, when Emily's speaking of visceral work, she's basically going up internal vis in the viscera of the body and the core of the body where the organs are suspended in this cobweb, as well as the bones are suspended in the cobweb and the bones and the organs are floating in the cobweb. And we got to make sure the cobweb is, is unwound, which is a term in fascia that we use, unwinding, um, to allow that flow to occur. Please mm-hmm. explain anything for this. is such a great thing for people to understand. Tensegrity, we've talked about a couple of times on the podcast, but this is the deepest talk we've had about fascia. So I want to go as deep as you can. Oh, well, so I, before I get too deep, because I know I will dive in and never like come back. Um, I, my sister is, not in medicine at all. She is going to probably die when I tell this story, but we were talking over Thanksgiving dinner about digestion and like just chewing and swallowing. And then that role of digestion in the system and how our body and the fascia within our organs and around them help support them so they can properly do the things they're supposed to do. And she turned to me and she looked me straight in the eye and she was like, Emily, I like to think of myself as one big hole and it just goes in. And it just comes out. And I was like, I can't. I just like, okay. But because that's where a lot of people come from, where you can't really visualize where is what and what goes where, the great place to start is to think of your abdominals like that it within your abdominal cavity lives all of your organs. They are your liver, your stomach, your small intestine, your spleen, your colon. All of them have a place where they're supposed to be. But because we are human and we live lives and do things that are repetitive in ways that our bodies were not meant to be repetitive, they can get pulled and moved and restricted in ways that impede their flow. And the best way anyone has everyone has experienced at some point in their life, either getting heartburn or constipation. So you know what impeded flow feels like. As we work to unwind some of that restriction that your body has created, because naturally, again, we're repeating motions, we're on computers, we're on phones, we're repeating things over and over that are restricting this flow. When you get the unwinding to happen, you have this improvement in movement from your core first. So all of that internal body movement stems from this place of having function within the organs first. Then from there, pelvic floor, the muscles of our pelvic floor are what support underneath all those organs. Our core itself is what creates that like ability to have flow. Yeah, it's so cool. That's awesome. That's really, so that's why you always start in the abdomen because you gotta get all the organs untwisted. Then you work Mm -hmm. down to the, muscles that are holding all those sit bones in place, which is your pelvis and your sacrum. Pelvis, sacrum. Yep. And then where do you go? So from there, I personally do, um, I'll check someone's jaw 
and we'll do lymphatic drainage. So I swear to God, you guys, we've never met before today. <laughs> I had no, like, I had no idea what your pattern is. <laughs> Keep talking. They're all like, did, did, did Kelly work on her? Did she work on her? <laughs> That's how they learned to do this. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so I check the jaw because the jaw patterning in, in utero, our jaw and our pelvic floor are developed around the same time. So, uh, and it's the beginning and end of our digestive tract. So if someone has TMJ tightness in the jaw, oftentimes it will correlate with pelvic pain, constipation, holding patterns in the jaw. It also is really important for us as a society to check in with our jaws and pelvic floor because natural tension builds there with stress and anxiety. So just like everyday stressful situations, a weird dream that you had, when you wake up with that tight sensation in your jaw, it often will correlate with a tightening through the pelvic floor muscles. So we have to work on checking and releasing the bones of the cranium and the jaw before we can say that a person will stay in the state that they're in. <laughs> and yeah. So let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was a podcast in and of itself. So oh, we could go on forever. <laughs> jaw is connected to your pelvic floor because that's the beginning and the end of your digestive tract. Can you explain where your digestive tract starts as I check? Yeah, as we're like salivating. Um, yes. So the jaw and the mouth is where digestion begins. And oftentimes people will skip right over that. They put food in, they swallow, they call it a day. But for the best digestion to occur, there's a salivary enzyme called amylase. I think I'm saying that correct. Yep, you are. Um, that gets released from your salivary glands and it infuses into your food to be able to break down proteins. Our stomach does not have teeth. So chewing and integrating that saliva into the food helps for your belly to be able to properly digest it and then assimilate all those nutrients. So, and then that's, you know, the start there. Yes. And, and so what you you had also mentioned was that emotional stress, mm-hmm. daily life living can contribute to a tight jaw. Is that mm-hmm. what you said? Yes. That also contributes to a tight pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. And so people are like, oh, I have urinary tract infections, chronic, but let me swallow my smoothies, never chew my food, swallow my smoothies. Also it's cold. And it's cold, which is contracting to the lymphatic system in your (laughs) spleen. And both of us are stressed about that. Um, And and, and then I'm going to try to eat different food. I'm going to look at eating more greens. I'm going to look at detoxifying. I'm going to go down all these roads when the reality is that perhaps I watched something on the news that really stressed me out or my boss yelled at me or my kid was a real bear that day or or my husband looked at me the wrong way or Mm -hmm. I woke up and just said, wow, life day for some reason. And, and that how does that contribute? Like what, what's happening there? Do you have any insight into that? Yeah. So when our, um, when our body is, especially in the morning, when it's the first thing that you do and your body is put in this state of fight or flight, which is a stress response. So it's, it's fight, flight, or freeze really is like the reality of the stress response. And you're, a reaction to that is to clench and tighten the muscles. The body is less concerned about, you know, living its best life if it's afraid that it's going to be chased by a tiger at any given minute. And we live in a society that bombards us with tigers. You know, there's no bunnies. You're not like, oh, look, cute bunny. It's all tigers. So when you start your day in this state of shock, the tension can occur in the jaw and the pelvis because you're tightening everything up. Pelvis makes sense to me because I use this example. If you were running from something, like you wouldn't want to have to stop and pee. So your body's just like, nope, not the time. You also like just don't have time for that if you're in this response. Then to top it with eating something that you're not chewing properly because you're so tense and tight and worried, that doesn't allow that digestion to even start. 
for you to have a bowel movement, like for bowel movements to happen, you have to chew because that signals your colon to do what's called peristalsis, which is the movement of the muscle around the colon to have a bowel movement and to detoxify, you have to poop. Like you have to get the toxins out. So to even start that process, chewing is just like the most important thing that we can do for ourselves. And I would imagine, and I've, you know, starting your day off with this thing that makes noise that goes, Mm -hmm. "Eh, eh, eh, eh." it's like, I've tried every little sound on my phone. I, and, and vibration alone doesn't wake me up. Ask my husband, cause he'll be like, your alarm's going off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I have, um, I just recently heard about these um, and I'm going to order one, uh, an alarm that like gently turns light on so that you're just gently exposed to light. Cause I get up very early to do mindful practice time. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to call it practice. Mindful time. Yeah. Me time. I get up. There it is. I get up in the morning and spend me time. And, um, the sun's not even up typically when I get up, but if I like that gentle light wake up so that the circadian rhythm is beginning, like, this is one thing that I just think people don't think about. They're like, Oh, I don't watch the news in the morning. I don't do this. I don't. Yeah. But if you wake up in the morning, and you're starting it off with this loud, obnoxious sound mm-hmm. that is stress to the body. Cause, and that's when your list starts, right? Ladies. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do that. Blah, blah, blah. I was just thought about this morning as I was lackadaisically walking around the house, hanging with my son, like not really getting ready. And Nina, who's staying with us right now, she was like, we have to leave at like eight, eight o'clock. Right. And I was like, nah, 15 because it's 8 45 and I haven't started getting ready yet and I'm not really interested in it that is the opposite of Kelly three years ago yeah the opposite I mean I'd wake up at six start working on the computer and you know do two hours of work before I left for work it's craziness mm-hmm. and I was stressed because I never got anything done I worked until two in the morning and yeah. I couldn't get it all done I couldn't get it all done and I didn't have time for my kid and did it like what yeah yeah. This and is what we're talking about. Are you enjoying your life? Are you getting up in the morning and feeling it and like enjoying the fact that you woke up? Right. And that's like, uh, again, if you try this new alarm clock, please let me know about it because I, I am in the same boat where I wake up very early and part of the figuring out navigating week, navigating morning routines is challenging because there's, if you're using a phone, the phone rings and then you're like, Oh, let me check an email real quick. Hold on. Oh, what? like, so, and then navigating away from using the phone, which has nicer ringtones. You're like, well, at least it's a chime and using a alarm clock is a whole nother sort of rough awakening. So, and it is true that how we spend our morning, how we get up, it, it starts how we navigate the rest of our day. Um, and if we're talking about down regulating the nervous system in like the long run of things, taking a stressed out person who's tense and feeling tense and both literally and physically feeling it and then helping them lower that feeling so they can kind of take a deep breath for the first time ever. Step one is figuring out how to navigate the morning. How do we, how do we do this? So yes. 100%. And you can hear from both of us. It just turns, you just get up earlier. That's all there is because yeah. there's not more time in the day. Mm-mm. You just go to bed earlier, you get up earlier and you have quiet time by yourself before the rest of the day. So you have an opportunity to set the tone before the world starts coming at you that you have to now respond to. And you can be in a responsive mode rather than a reactive mode when you have control over yourself. So mm-hmm. so that you don't feel the stress of the world because it's everywhere. Like I couldn't agree more, Emily, like everything's a tiger. It's like, I, three years ago, I had like five apps on my phone that I would just like, one was called good news. One was like affirmations, Uh like daily jokes. And I was like, I can't handle the news anymore. I'm just going to read these every day. Affirmations, jokes, get me started. And I I noticed a huge shift. Yeah. Whatever's happening in the world, I'll find out. Trust me. Somebody's going to come in and tell me. And I'm going to be aware. Like, mm-hmm. I never know what the weather is. Everybody's like, oh, what was the weather today? And I'm like, you know, when I knew it was nine degrees outside in Philadelphia today, 
when I went outside, I let my dog out and it took my breath away, which is why I am wearing what I've never worn in the office before. Like my coziest, comfiest clothes you could possibly get. Cause I was like, mm, it's nine degrees out. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a shock by the way, to my system. I coughed for a little bit. It was like, Oh, today it's cold. <laughs> I'm going to dress appropriate now that I know that it's cold. I'm not mm-hmm. going to plan tomorrow snowstorm and what I'm going to wear and how I'm going to dress and where I'm going to go. Blah, blah, blah. When it happens, I'll respond. Mm-hmm. This takes a lot of stress out of our life. Yeah. I am hosting a Reiki training this weekend. I do energy work. So part of that is I do attunements for Reiki and I'm hosting a training this weekend and it's supposed to snow. And I, I mean, it's right now it's Thursday. The training is on Saturday in the future, whenever this gets podcasted, the Reiki training will have happened. Right. But at the time they were texting, emailing, calling at on Tuesday. I was like, guys, we don't even know. The weather's never accurate. And if it is this time, we will handle it when it happens. But I am not going to worry about that right now. Not exactly. Saturday no. morning. And and you might have a B plan, right? Totally. No, I'm sure you do. And there's no mm-hmm. point though to go there yet until you're there. Mm-hmm. And this is you know, we kind of got a little, but not totally. It's on the same page. Like our goal is for y'all to not feel stress so that you're not taking it on your jaw and take it in the hip. So then you need to go see a practitioner, help you unwind it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even listening to this conversation, you know, we, I've done, I've had conversations with other people. There is a feeling of, oh, right. The pressure is not really there. Like you want to, you want to sit and really take in that kind of information because you can feel it in your system. You know, you go from trying to process and coordinate and listen to all this information and this podcast will be here forever. Like you don't have to remember the so as anchors where, or this happens here. Like you can look it up later. It's fine. And like all of a sudden your body just goes like, Oh, right. Okay. We're right. I can chew my food. That's a great idea. You know, like, and just letting that feeling kind of wash over you. And that does truly play a role in your abdominal. I'm pointing to my stomach, even though you can't see in your abdominal cavity. Like you feel that energetically soften things. Well, I'm not a huge fan of zoos for obvious reasons, right? But I use this analogy nonetheless, because I think it's a good visual for people. So when you walk up to the cage of monkeys and you see that monkey in the corner whose shoulders are up to their ear, mm-hmm. they're showing their teeth. They're like, their face is crunched. They're, they're like you said earlier, their muscles are contracted. They're, they're going in. Is that a relaxed monkey? No, that is a stress monkey ready for attack or feel like they're being attacked and are trying to make themselves smaller. And then you've got maybe the opposite monkey, the cool monkey that's laying there, like chilling out on the branch, you know, their arms are like open, their chest is open. They feel like they're not vulnerable so they can open their body and they're maybe eating a banana and they're just chilling out. That's a relaxed monkey. Mm -hmm. Relax monkey, relax, bring your shoulders down off your ears. Take a deep breath and just breathe. We're not in a rush. You're right here, right now. Good job. You did it. You're here. It's so good. We just like, don't give us ourselves. We give everyone else credit. So like you could walk around and be like, wow, look at her chewing her food. I'm so proud. She ate a salad and chewed it. Or like she cooked a whole meal and like really enjoyed it. And you can see that in other people. But then when we do it, we're like, oh my gosh, I only have 10 minutes. I need to finish this. What's that? Like, Taking a minute to just be like, whoa, I put the podcast on. Great job. Like that's where healing begins, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and closing the gaps like, oh, maybe today I listen to the podcast while doing the dishes and vacuuming. And maybe tomorrow I'll give myself 10 minutes to listen to a podcast before I start doing the dishes and the vacuuming mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm, I'm not right. Like, those are things that I do, honestly, when I listen to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> because but like. I- it's a moment for me, but yeah. Yeah. But the idea of turning the podcast on instead of listening to the news or listening to, you know, some other thing that just upregulates our system. is just, I mean, it's amazing. It's an amazing choice and an amazing step in that direction, you know? And you also don't have to have self-development 90% of the time. 
love yeah. sex in the city. Love yeah. it. It, it. Like I say stuff like that all the time. Like, do you guys think I sit home and like sit in Zazen all day? And then when I, you know, make sure that my, my person is like making me organic, I would like someday I'll have that person making me all my food one day I will, but right now it's my husband. I very much appreciate that. He makes the most, <laughs> of my food. but, um, you know, it's like, I like to watch stupid comedies too. I don't watch intense stuff. That's totally. not my thing. I like to laugh. I like to be light. I like to make a joke out of it. Cause lighten up relax yeah. monkey relax monkey relax monkey I like fairies and like talking about like fun things and like going on adventures and you know like and those adventures might be to like get a new pair of shoes like I'm cool with all of it but like we have to be easy on ourselves it's life life is supposed to be fun we're here to have fun and, and what I would say and I'm I would like to get your advice on this or your take and the clients that I've met that walk in with, I see interstitial cystitis or mm-hmm. chronic UTIs, chronic pelvic floor pain issues, as well as I have tight jaw, I have TMJ, I have anxiety, I get headaches. Mm-hmm. These are the people that have a lot of self-talk yeah. that is chronic stress mm-hmm. and their hair is pulled back tight and they have tight clothes on. And it, it's just that there's a personality that can, and when that person begins to open up, they come with their hair down, they have looser clothes on, they, you know, like I realized today, wow, I've really changed because I would have never worn this in public two years ago. Like just my exercise, like sweatshirt and my, you know, athleta mm-hmm. pants that I would never worn outside my home before. But it's like, you know, why not? Who cares? I want to be comfortable and it's cold as hell. So I want to be cold. I want to be warm. I want to be warm. I want to be comfortable. And everybody knows me on the podcast at this point. If you don't, like, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, there's not a lot of gray zone. Like you either like me or you think I'm crazy. Either way, God bless you. I love me. And that's what's key. And that's what we want for you to stop comparing, to stop looking at everybody else. And this is not at all what I thought. I had no expectations really what Emily and I were going to talk about, but we, this is the, the stuff that prevents jaw pain and, and pelvic pain. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. So there is definitely a personality type a, um, for most of the things that we're talking about and that restriction and feeling tight and that feeling comfort in sucking the stomach in all of that, that tightening is, something that we're trying to work on, just release, relax, feel good, do all the things that make you happy. You know, I think we don't give credit to just happiness, like do something fun. (laughs) And why, what do you think, if you can speak to it at all, like we're saying it's a personality, but I would look at it as like a defense mechanism. Oh yeah. So can you speak about that for a little bit, like why this occurs in society for the homo sapien organism? Um, so we tease that it's a personality because it makes it easier for us to understand as like the person who has it. Like, hi, I'm Emily. I'm a type A person. I like to do specific things at a specific time in a specific way. Um, but the reality of that statement is that we are in an unstable situation at all times. There's a lot of things that go on that make us feel unsafe, uncertain, um, from the media to how we grew up, to our jobs on a daily basis, to computers and technology. Like all that stuff just can make you feel uncomfortable or can throw you off of a rhythm. And in defense to that, we try to control a lot of things. And one of the things that we as homo sapiens think we can control is the physical way that we are in the world. And then when we try to control that, it ends up not going the way that we thought. And then we tension and tighten. And then you're like, okay, well now I need to try this and do this tighter. And let's see if I can restrict that and make this more. So it's a response to, to some of the things that we want to control. But then the gift to all of that is what we were talking about before with the weather. Like there are just things that we can't control. And if you try to control it, it ends up just leading to tension in the physical body and the mental body too. It's a whole nother could go on forever about this. Um, And so trying to, to see those as for what they are 
and then recognizing them as they're happening to you is the steps like as it happens I don't know if I'm giving it a good explanation or not no I I think that's very well said and if I could summarize so the one thing we can control is our responses Mm -hmm. we can't control things that happen in and around us as life such as weather such as plane crashes or you know um i don't know like the school rules that have changed and and now causing us to deal with something right and we have two options essentially as homo sapiens we can think about worry about try to control things that we can't control and make ourselves really tight and stressed over the fact that those things may or may not happen to us in the future but i'm going to stress about them now mm-hmm. or we can relax and be aware of those things and have plans for if that happens then i'll deal with it and when that happens moving through it in a flow state and in, in a I got the vision when you were talking about how you said earlier, the fascia is what's holding our structure as we move forward through our life. And, and I see very much crystalline structures and grids essentially that we live in from an energy biofield. And as the fascia is unadhesed, as the fascia is flowing, we flow through that field more easily without restriction. And, and because all we can do is right now, like that's it. That's all there is. There, everything else is imagination, and it's just right now. That's it. Mm-hmm. Not then. Not going there, but right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody, take a breath. Feel that moment now. You did it. You got through it. It's awesome. And now you're in a different moment. Yeah. So I, I I'm so fascinated by the work that you do because I I want to trade with you. I want to do work with you because I, I am so curious about the jaw and the hips connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and how frequently do you find those two things connected? Almost always. I mean, I'd hate to make that statement because there's always like the one person that's going to be like, I didn't have that. But, but like, I'm going to say, if you come in with pelvic pain in some form or pain with um, relax, like difficulty relaxing your pelvic floor for various reasons. And you would know that based on difficulty with insertion, chronic constipation, pain with urination. Those are times that, you know, you're not able to relax the pelvic floor as much. Um, almost all of the time there is tension held in the jaw. And it's amazing to people because they never come to see me for that. They're always coming because they're having pain with urination. And I'm, I, one of my questions is, do you have you ever been diagnosed with TMJ? Do you ever have jaw pain? Have you ever had any dental, mouth, anything? And they're always, everyone's always, I have TMJ. And it, it always gets me, it's very, very, very common. Very common. Mm-hmm. And do you find that there's physical causes outside of emotional causes? We've talked a lot about the emotional causes, but are there any physical causes that you see for this um, anomaly or not anomaly for this occurrence? I I wish it was an anomaly. I know. I think like my personal opinion, this is not scientifically studied, but my personal opinion is that because there's tensioning through the pelvic floor and it pulls the tailbone in, there's a connection to the jaw from a developmental standpoint. And when you have that kind of tensioning, it just also involves tensing the pel- tensing the jaw. And it's a chicken or the egg scenario. Did you start clenching your jaw and like happen to be chewing something really hard and now you have TMJ and that affected the pelvic floor? And that's from a physical standpoint easier to understand the emotional connection though than any other part of our body just because we've all been like whoa I've been clenching for a really long time like you've had that feeling happen and so it's hard to distinguish if there's a physical like if it has been caused by that but personal opinion is if you have tensioning through the muscles of the pelvic floor, the way it pulls on your tailbone and the way it pulls on the sacrum will affect the jaw and the cranial bones just based on anatomy too. Right. And do you find that parasites are ever involved? I have had, I don't 
know much about diagnostics for parasites because I am not, that's not something I do in my practice, but I can say I've had a lot of patients come in who see functional doctors who are diagnosed with parasites in various ways. Um, and that has, has also been a strong contributing factor to that the process of the symptom showing up. Because we always have to remember, it's never one thing that causes one thing. There's always multi-causational. Mm -hmm. And what I am present to, I've read a lot of books. I'm sure you've read as well, like the body bears the burden and, you know, um, the emotional, I can't remember, not emotion code, which is also a great book in that same regard. Uh, another one, Candace Perk. I can't think of the, oh. I can see it. I can't read it, but mm -hmm. Candace Perk is the author, but it's all about the connection of the traumas that happen in our life and how it gets held in the body. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that a little bit about emotional traumas and yeah. physical traumas? I think we talked about physical traumas a little bit, but emotional traumas yeah. and where, where and how they're held in the body. So there's a book called, um, the body keeps the score. That's another yep. good one. That's like a, again, like very thick book to get through. So <laughs> yeah. if you're not looking to dive into this, it's definitely a lot, but yeah. there's a, some of that information, um, is that when emotionally things are emotionally things happen to us, traumas get happen to us all the time. We're humans. We interact with other humans, things happen, stuff goes down. And when you're not able to mentally process that trauma, it gets stored in our systems. So energetically and physically will manifest as symptoms that come up later in life and or right away. And one of the most common ways that that appears is in, um, is in pain patterns. So typically our brain goes on a defense and the mind-body connection between the brain and the body is to send a signal of pain, like you're in danger, please protect yourself, or fatigue, you're very tired, please protect yourself. And it, that repetition over time then makes its way into the body and we have sim like some diagnoses that come up like chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia. And some of that, it can be affecting the fascia and the fascia restrictions. And when we talk about that unwinding from a trauma perspective is how can you be in a place where you feel safe enough with a provider that makes you feel safe enough with a person a being in a body that allows you to feel safe to let some of that unwinding happen so you can fully downregulate and relax again. No. You know, I, I'm sitting here thinking like we could probably talk for another four hours, but what wow. I want people to understand is that I, I pray that today has raised, Ayn says this all the time, my husband, but I never say this, but I say this today. I pray that today we have raised more questions for you than we have answered. I pray mm -hmm. that you have a new paradigm of which, and we didn't even talk about the lymph y'all and no. she <laughs> talk about the lymph and I'm lymph queen. So like, why did we not get to the lymph? But Anything you want to say about the lymph? Speak to the lymph. I, mean, I love the lymph. It's important. Nobody pays attention to it. We could talk forever about it, but on a very brief, very, very brief, as we move from the jaw and the pelvic floor into the lymphatics, the lymphatics are what detox and process everything for you. And you need these, these restrictions to ease up to let the flow happen. They're passive channels and that passive channel requires assistance and making sure that you're moving and functioning and eating well, all play a role into our lymphatic system. But gosh, oh man, I could talk forever about lymph. <laughs> I know. And I think maybe we need to have you back on so we can, and, and I want everybody's questions and I really do want to do that. Emily, have you back on. Talk oh, I'd me. love to. Yeah. Because I really, we haven't talked about fascia this much. Right. And I really think it's good for people to just let this land. This was a lot of subject matter. Mm -hmm. And again, we hope we've raised a lot of questions for you that maybe you're seeing whatever you're dealing with, maybe perhaps in a different way, because what we also are present to is that 90, 90, 90% of all illness is emotional. 90 percent of all illness is emotional. We are vibrational, emotional beings having physical experience that gets translated into your fascia and your lymph has to move that shit out. Oh, I swore on my podcast for the first time ever, but the reality is, <laughs> I was like excited. Woo! 
for those that know me know that that's nothing. <laughs> we keep it very clean here on the beats. Um, so if you meet me in person, it's not so clean. But the I want you to really start to do your own. Don't take this podcast as, oh my God, now I know everything. You do. You have scratched the surface, poked the bear. Now go and learn about it. I, and Emily, you have a class. I just remember that. You have yeah. a class that you're teaching. Please yeah. share so about this class. I have a discount. She's so kind. I have a um, online go at your own pace course that covers pelvic floor anatomy, chakra one and two, root and sacrum, um, the moon cycle and how it correlates with your body, uh, amongst various other things, pain with intimacy, all of that kind of topics. It's a nine module class. Um, and in it, there are meditations, yoga flows, um, all different things to help you integrate the knowledge. Because again, like this podcast, when the not, when the information gets too dense, we need to take a little bit of a step back and like move our bodies, take a mental break so that you can properly process everything. And it's go at your own pace for a lifetime. So you can always go back and revisit. And for the podcast, I put a $50 off coupon code. So it's Beats, B-E-A-T-S, Beats. And so if you want to take the class, I'm sure we'll link it here somewhere. And um, you can use that code and it'll get you a discount. Oh, thank you so much. So that's a good place to start. You can also go to uh, bioregulatorymedicineinstitute.online and learn more about pelvic floor. That's your resource for empirical-based data. Mm -hmm. um, stop using Google. I'm going to please just stop, stop duck, duck, go honestly as well. And now there's another one that finally we have a salvage and I don't have the answer right now, but listen to Joe Rogan's last podcast. And he interviewed this guy was freaking out. Oh my gosh. So anyway, that's a whole nother story. Just, you know, I could get into that one too. Yes. <laughs> it's all a big web y'all. It's all a big web. And we are so appreciative of your time today, Emily, but I have one more question before I let you go. So we have 7.6 billion people in the world right now. My goal is to help educate 23 billion, which is essentially three generations worth knowing that this is embodied, right? That this is now the paradigm has shifted. Three generations have all this information about flow state and understanding the innate intelligence and all that. That's my dream and my wish to the world. Let's say today I get to give you a microphone and say, okay, Emily, all 7.6 billion people are listening. What's the secret you want them to understand? It doesn't have to necessarily be about health, but the secret to that infamous word, happy. Or secret to your life, secret to whatever it is. I think that if I had the ability to implant one piece of information into everybody's brain, it's that your body is in self-healing, like, organism and that with the right guidance, you don't require outside sources to heal or feel or allow yourself to relax that you are, you have all of the tools at your disposal. You just need a little, maybe you need a little guidance in the process, but you are, you are whole all as one. I usually say something after that. I have nothing to say after that. It's beautiful. That's it. That's the purpose of the beats. Your, mm -hmm. your heartbeat is you and that is what heals and that's it. Mm -hmm. So we are so thankful for everybody's time and your energy and your, your attention today and your focus. And as Emily said, you can go back and listen to this. You can take your class, do some more um, information, you know, research in this place please make your comments any questions because we are going to have emily back we're going to talk about lymphatics and if you would like to find emily let's give them your ways to reach out to you at embodied in new jersey so if you're on the west sorry the east coast of jersey is where she's located so go ahead and give your handles if you will yeah so if you want to follow me on instagram my clinics instagram is at embodied physical therapy so that's at embodied physical therapy and then i have a personal instagram that's more like energy work and fairies and fun and that's at dr emily bessemer 
that's at Dr. Emily Messimer. And those are really where I'm the most active. And if you ever wanted to make an appointment to come see me or have any questions that are more specific, you can call or text our office line. It's 908-783-4187. That's 908-783-4187. And you can text that too. So that's you have a website? I do have a website. It's www.embodiedphysicaltherapy.com. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time again. And truly from our hearts to yours, we send you love and light and energy and unwound fascia to help it all flow. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening today to this episode of The Beats. And as your host, Kelly Kennedy, truly from my heart to yours, thank you for your time and your attention today. And if this did resonate with you, please do leave some comments. We would love to hear from you. And if this further you think would resonate with somebody that you know, please do go ahead and share that and hit that notification button so you know when The Beats is available to you. We do do some live things every once in a while and watch out for some of our upcoming events. We have a node release class coming up in the local area here in Pennsylvania. Uh, Ian has a walk coming up so you can check out some information on our website, the True Wellness Center, about all the details about those upcoming events. Um, and as always, we pray that this information today was not only foundational, but raised some questions for you and helped you be empowered to take actionable, profound steps toward regeneration because your body is the only thing that heals. And that is our message here on The Beats. Thanks again for listening and for sharing. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.